0: Hey, it's me, Nicole. Before we get on with the show, I wanted to ask you for a huge favor. If you're a fan of Winners United, I could really use your support to continue to grow this platform. So if you don't mind and you have time, I would truly appreciate you helping me out. There are four ways that you can help. I would love if you would help in all four ways. But at least help in one if you can't help in all four. So the ways are by subscribing, by rating, by writing a review, and by sharing the podcast out. I truly appreciate you. And I want to thank you in advance for your continued support. Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice welcome to win united your one-stop shop for business mindset personal development and self-care conversations i'm your host nicole walker and i am excited that you're listening today i hope you find this information useful and if you do it would make my day to hear from you go over to winherdsunited.com And leave me a message in the contact form. I would love for you to share your takeaways and your thoughts with me. Now let's get on with what you came here for. This is Season 6, Episode 17, entitled, Learn to Embody Her, with Gabrielle Leonard. So, Gabrielle, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today, and we're excited to learn about you and your journey. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I appreciate you for inviting me on. Super excited to be out here and a part of your community. So You're welcome. I'm excited.
0: Yes, good, good. All right. So let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally.
1: Okay, so I am a corporate income strategy coach. I help my clients to close high-end corporate contracts quickly and easily i have been doing this for oh, about i've been coaching i'm a business coach for about five years a little bit over five years what i'm doing now i've been doing for the last two years or so i've shifted you know started with purpose coaching then went to event marketing and event coaching helping people to get sponsors with corporations mm-hmm. and then shifted into just helping you to get corporate contracts in general but I love what I do. My clients are getting results. I share results all day, every day on my page. Like that's what I live by. I always believe in sharing the results that you get in your business. And so I'm just happy and blessed that I get to work with my dream clients and my clients get
2: results.
0: Okay, I love it. Yes, it's all about results, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so tell us how you ended up in your current profession.
1: So I actually used to be a manager in a cosmetic store cosmetic and frequent store and one day i'm a christian by the way and so one day i had this moment where i was outside i was frustrated with my job i was it was paying me well it was what i thought was my dream job i had prayed for this job right specifically this job and i had gotten recruited out of my previous job as a marketing executive to this job so i was like yeah this is this must must be what god wants and I remember being so frustrated and I went outside. I was just talking to God like, God, why would, why would you put me in this job? Why would you do this to me? And God was like, this isn't what I call you to do. Mm. This is what you wanted to do. Mm. And so I let you do what you wanted to do. I'm never going to force you to do something that I want to do, mm. you know? And I was like, whoa, wait a second. What do you mean? Like, it hit me that, you know, God is a kind of guy. He's not going to be forceful. He is going to whatever you want, you know, he's probably going to allow it to happen. Cause we, we all have free will. And then I decided like, God, well, what do you want? That's the first time I ever asked God, like, well, what do you want for my life? Right. And then God was like, I want you to quit your job. And I was like, first of all, this paycheck is real cute. Uh, I don't want you talking about, you know what? As a matter of fact, never mind. Forget to ask a question now. Nah. <laughs> yes yeah and so you know i remember i was like you know what fine i'll quit but i'll quit a little bit later on you know what i mean because i have like all these this money coming in i'm not ready and so all hell broke loose at my job like my i had to i had a uh, i have a a, a eye condition it's called keratoconus which is where i wear hard lenses like if i touch my eye it's gonna sound like it's like glass almost this is hard and so I had to go check, get checked up and get replacements for my lenses. And when I came back, like it was a mess. the, the first of all, the, to- the workplace was toxic. Right. And basically I was just like, yeah, no, I can't be here anymore. So I quit. And now I'm in this place of, well, I, I quit my job with no backup plan. I wish I had just like planned this, but there is no backup plan. I just quit this job. I did have a a bath and body company that was, you know, I had like wholesale accounts doing on the side. of I've always been a, a hustler, right? Like in terms of hustling, I always been hustling. I had a business doing, you know, bath bombs and all these different stuff, but I didn't know what I was gonna do, like really, with my life. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see and learn more about the coaching industry. And at the time, a big thing for me was purpose, mm-hmm. figuring out what my purpose in life was, and I started, you know, I figured out what it was, which is to help others figure out what their purpose was. And so I started there. And I also realized I used to have a salon, I used to sell bath bombs. I'm really good at monetizing
2: mm-hmm. my
1: purpose and coming with a message. It's not just about making money, it's about the message. So I got into business coaching. And then from there, it kind of gradually just escalated to where I am right now, which is helping people to make money with corporate contracts. So it's essentially the same thing. I'm helping people to live in their purpose and get paid well to do it. And some people are just called to work, you know, on the corporate level. So people are called to serve multi and billion dollar companies and consult with them and be a support to them and get paid well to
0: do it. Okay. I love that. I love that. So you were talking to me, whether you know it or not, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in corporate and it is, it's toxic. Right. And It's like, I feel like I'm being nudged to quit, but then I don't have a plan. So, like, did you have a nest egg? Like, how did you kind of make it from quitting without a backup plan to being able to sustain yourself? So,
1: I really didn't necessarily have a nest egg. I had a good savings because my job was paying me really well. So, I had gotten recruited from another job to this job. So, I was able to say what I wanted because they were like, we want you. So, I was able to say, well, this is how much I want to make it or leave it. And they're like, we'll pay you that. I'm like, huh? So I had a really good income. Right. And also was making money. Cause I had about nine wholesale accounts for my bath bomb and, and soap making business in various touristy shops. So I had money coming in. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was good enough. Okay. And I I remember told my husband, like, he's, I'm like, give me a year. I'm going to replace my income. Spoiler alert, did not happen in a year, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> um, but what I ended up doing was I hosted an event, which is why I got into event marketing coaching because events really, if you are like, how am I going to make some money, do an event and have an event strategy. Like I hosted an event and I was selling this course for $500 at a time. And it was all about turning your purpose into profit. Oh, much. Okay. So I hosted this event. We had about, I think about 30 people sign up. To so the event itself, the first event was free and it was called Your Kingdom Purpose. It was at my church, yeah. <laughs> Your Kingdom Purpose, right? And then from that event, I upsold another masterclass. I think the, the class was like $75.
2: Okay.
1: I upsold a masterclass, which is now that you know what your purpose is, the class was called Master Your Purpose or Monetize Your Purpose or something, something like that. And that class sold out. Okay. And in that class, I sold my course on basically making money with your, with your purpose. And so that's how I make that like, good money. Like I got some money there, I got clients from that. I was able to sell things, you know, sell my course, sell my services, and just like get opportunities on the radio and stuff like that because of that event. So I always tell people, if you're new and you wanna get out there and get like really good clients quickly, Because I used to do be an event marketing coach, I I can tell you this: events convert higher than any other online marketing does. Mm. So in-person events really convert high. So for example, if your any online thing converts at about like three to fourteen percent, events convert about twenty-five percent.
2: Oh wow!
1: Yeah. So if you want to get income coming in, do an event. I mean, if you can't do an event right now because of this whole thing, but when you do get a chance to have an event in person, It works because you're in person, they get to see you, they to ask you questions and it feels more personal, just convert better that way. So I was able to take that money and build on itself. And that's how I kind of had like a really fast backup plan. (laughs) Nice.
0: Nice. Yeah. I like that. that. And I love events and event planning. I've been doing it for family for years, but haven't transitioned into business yet. So that's inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, it works. It works really, really well. Okay. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. When I was
1: younger, I wanted to be two things, a veterinarian or a doctor, a surgeon, a brain surgeon. Oh, wow. I've always had this weird affinity for animals. As a matter of fact, I have a lot of animals. I'm a cat lady. Oh, wow. I have six cats. Yeah. Don't judge me. And I have (laughs) two dogs. (laughs) And two dogs. Uh I love animals. Like I love animals. I've always had an affinity for animals. Like I will be on the street and random animals will just come to me. It's weird. My mom was like, since since you were a kid, all kinds of random strays would just be attached to you. I don't understand. She was like, you gotta be a veterinarian because this is crazy, and also a healer because you know my mom would always say you just put hands on people and they'll feel better. Like so, <laughs> you know when you grow up in the Christian household, you you get it right, but. So I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger. And so I ended up dropping out of high school in my senior year of high school. And I know I'm a little bit fast forwarding here, but all that changed (laughs) when I dropped out of school. But that was my dream. My dream. I was on track too. I was an honor student. I was in honor society. I was vice president of the student council at one point. I was in private tennis lessons. I was so on track to being what I wanted to be. Yeah. I think I said JROTC too. JROTC. All of these things. Choir club, volleyball team, basketball team. I was I was that academic kid. Wow. So you could naturally imagine how shocked everyone was when I ended up dropping out
0: of high school in my senior year. Okay. All right. Thanks for all of that. So yes, you definitely had me intrigued. So <laughs> give us more about your upbringing and what led to you know this great. Set up to an adversity.
1: Yeah, so I grew up very in a very Christian household. My mom is a Christian, so I was one of those kids who went to church every day of the week. You know okay. those kids that you, they're in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday prayer meeting, you know, women's ministry. Wednesday Bible study. Youth, youth, you know, choir. I was in a dance group at church, the stepping group at church. Saturday you have praise and worship rehearsal. I was in church every day of the week, so I grew up very much like that. My mom divorced my father when I was younger, like around seven or nine. I don't remember exactly when. So I haven't seen him in person since then. And then she, you know, remarried to my then stepfather. And so when that happened, like all hell broke loose in my my life, essentially. Mm
2: -hmm. He didn't like us at all.
1: He didn't accept us as his kids or his stepkids.
2: Hmm. As a matter of
1: fact, let's say his name is Mr. Walker. I had to call him Mr. Walker. I could not call him dad or stepdad or anything like that, right? Oh, wow. you imagine what kind of household that was. Now, before that, my mom was very warm to us. Like she was a single mother who just took pride in her children and taking care of her kids, you know. And so we were very close. We would have like dates and stuff like that together. Me and my my other brother and that was a lifestyle and then when she got married like all that kind of really stopped Mm -hmm. And so it became her trying to make him feel better and he was not he was really toxic Mm -hmm. he was you know not really a good father model at all in the house he clearly didn't like us my mother had you know had a child with him so my brother my other brother it was like very obvious that we weren't liked right an example like my mom he would give my mom like a hundred dollars to feed us the whole entire household and so like uh, that's a month by the way and so it, oh, wow. yeah like so that would be like the kind of like household we lived in he kind of expected a slave from my mom essentially like a maid and so there was pressure there i didn't like him he didn't like me he knew i didn't like him and there was like a lot of tension in the household and so one day i was a senior in high school I'll never forget, I was on the phone with my friend, it was her birthday. He didn't want me to use the house phone. I couldn't use the house phone at all. I was like 18, 17, 18 years old, could not use the house phone, could not use the phone, could not go out, could not go to parties, couldn't do anything, I couldn't go to the movies, nothing, right? And so I started doing hair on the side in school. So everyone knew me in school as the girl who would braid hair during the lunch breaks, right? Told you I was, I was hustling, right? (laughs) So I would braid hair (laughs) during lunch break and I was collecting some good money doing that, right? Eventually created a natural hair salon later on. I was braiding hair and I had like a little money saved up. So I bought myself a little bit, a little phone, cell phone. So I could be on track with my team for volleyball practice. So I could, you know, be on the phone for study, you know, conversation. So I could just talk to my friends. And he saw that as a sign of me being disrespectful. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I need a phone. You don't need to use a house phone. Right. So I need a phone because I'm literally a senior in high school. Like I need to like have communication with people. I couldn't go out anywhere. So how am I gonna have that? And so mm. it was a lot a, place, a point of contention. And eventually he told my mom, like, I don't want to have a phone or whatever. And so my mom was like, Just don't use a phone whenever he's around, you know? She didn't have a problem with it. She got it. But that day I don't know what was going on with my mom, but my mom was in a bad mood. I think they had an argument. I don't know what was going on, but that phone became a, a a target, and we got into a fight, and I got kicked out of the house because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't respond well. I was angry. I already felt like I was abandoned by her. I already felt angry because he was always lying on me and just creating trouble, like simple things. Like I would clean the house, he would mess it up before my mom cut. I'll go in my room, read my book because I was a nerd. I'm still a nerd. I like to read. I go in my room room to read a book. When I go outside, my mom gets home. It's like I'm getting cursed out because like why is the house mess- messy? Right? That's stuff like that he would do. Go out of his way to do right. So at this point I was just like tired and I didn't respond to my mom well. And I got, we fought and I got kicked out of the house. Um, and so that's Mm kind of like how I ended up on the streets for a year. I ended up going to at a friend house, did not work out well. And so I ended up on the streets, like in and out of like random friend's house or on the bus stop or in a car sleeping or in abandoned house in the project, squatting with other people who were homeless. Like it was crazy. And so I will never forget that moment of my life, but that I will never give it up because that's what made me who I am. I had to get scrappy. I had to survive. I had to make decisions to survive. And where I am today began with a decision one day. Like I literally said to myself, this is not my life. This is not the life hmm. that I want. This is hmm. not a life I'm, I'm creating for myself. It changes today. That moment on the street, on the bus stop, I will never forget. I will was literally crying. I was like, what's, what's this is I wasn't raised, like I was raised very sheltered, I told you I had private tennis lessons, right? Which ironically, my stepfather paid for because he wanted me to get into college. He's like, I'm not paying for your college. So you, because you're tall, you're going to be a star, something like that. Right. And so I was in private tennis lessons and all these different things. Well, private tennis lessons from him, but everything else was on my own. Right. And I'm like, this is such a long way from that. This is a long way from that, right? And I was like, no, it's started with a decision to have the life that I want. I was standing somewhere and I was crying and I said, it stops today. Mm. And so I made decisions. Not all of them were great decisions or not all the decisions I make, made were decisions that other people would probably make, but mm. I was in survival mode and I did what I had to do to get to where I am today. <laughs>
2: okay, thank you. Thank you
0: for just sharing all of that with us and being really transparent. I mean, I heard so much, but just, like, kudos to you just for your strength. Like, through that whole story, I heard strength. Like, even through adversity and being an entrepreneur, even in high school, which doesn't surprise me as to where you are now, right? And then you, even being homeless, that made me think of, like, Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry, you know? So, who knows where we'll see you in the future, right? Because a lot of the greats, that's their story.
2: Yeah.
0: So, that's amazing. And I can relate to you in reference to being in a place where you had to say, this isn't my life. Right. Yeah. Cause I've been there and like going from graduating eight in the class to having a daughter at 17 to just a lot of bad decisions where it's like, it just didn't make sense. Like how did this person that should have been here ended up here? Yeah. But I like that life can be changed if we decide to make the decision to do so, right? So it doesn't matter what we go through, uh, where we end up at a moment. It can mm-hmm. always get better if we want it. So absolutely. thanks for that. Thank you. All right. So can you tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today? I think
1: that moment when I decided that I wasn't going to be this person, that was one of the pivotal moments and also the moment when I quit my job. So in that moment when I decided I'm not going to do this anymore, I ended up moving in with a guy. He was 10 years older than me, right? But I, again, decision that probably everyone wouldn't like, but I was like, in order for me to go back to school, because I don't want a GED, I want my high school diploma. So in order for me to go back to school, I need to be in a place where I can get to school, get get a job. And he was okay with that. And so yeah i sure did get in a relationship with a guy and leverage that to get to where i wanted to be and you know sometimes i'm ashamed to admit that i'm writing a book and i put it in the book the other day and i'm like you know this is this is this this experience is so cringy to some people i know but this is reality i was on the streets right And if you ever get guys ever get a chance to read my book, you'll see another story that I, I saw him the other day. And, I, you know, I, I put that story in the book Like I haven't seen him since the, that, that time. Wow. Um, but yeah, like that moment. And I, des- I made decisions. So I started with a series of decisions. Like, I'm deciding I don't want this. I'm deciding I'm going to go with this guy and go live here so I can so he can take me to school so I can get a job and I can be, I can be comfortable. I'm deciding to get a job at the Ritz Carlton. And so I push and push and push and I got a job at the Ritz Carlton. Right getting 15 dollars an hour or you know working at pizza hut where i was cleaning tables and washing dishes you know i decided to you know push and and change how i dress and how i spoke and all the things i was doing before i made decisions every step of the way up until i got the job as a a marketing executive at the marriott right and then got recruited i was trying to sell her timeshare and i got recruited from the general manager of the beauty store to work there, getting the salary that I wanted, right? All of that started with a series of decisions from that moment where I said, This is not my life. Right. Even down to when I asked God, like, well, what do you want? Making the decision to be obedient to what God wanted for my life, even though at one point in my life I resented God so much. Like I was, like, no God, like I grew up going to church every day of the week. And look how I am, here I am on the streets. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, right. I I was I was definitely in rebellion. I was definitely like hurt and felt abandoned by God. But I realized that a lot of things that happen to us is it's it, number one it happens for a reason because again if I didn't go through that I would not be here right now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times too what we go through also is a result of our decisions and <laughs> we like to blame God for it. But it's a lot of a lot of times it's because of what we do our decisions right. But those moments, that moment on the street and that moment when I decided to say yes to what God wanted for my life, those two moments were pivotal moments in my life.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. And I like your honesty as far as like you had to make decisions that maybe you're not so proud of, but had you not made that decision, where would you be? Right? Right. So it's all building blocks, right? So thanks for that. All right. So tell us what you would consider to be one strength and one weakness and also what you do to get around that weakness. So I'll start with the
1: weakness first. I am not naturally optimistic. I am very pessimistic. Okay. Naturally. So naturally my instincts goes to the negative, like, Oh God, that's why it happened because this like, you, you know, naturally it's like, I don't think, well, you know what? I don't see the world glass half full. I see it glass half empty and it's, it's a natural thing for me. And so for me, how I get around that is I have to tell myself to think differently. And so for me, mindset work is a daily thing that I have to work on every single day,
2: mm-hmm. every
1: single day I have to work on it, uh, because it doesn't come, positivity doesn't come natural for me mm-hmm. and everyone makes it seem as if positivity comes natural for them, but it sure will not come natural to me. <laughs> um, and that's just the truth and it's a weakness of mine I think like it's a weakness because I look at everyone and it's like oh my god everyone is so positive and everyone is so like yay but for me I have to work so hard at being positive especially in the moments when I don't feel like being positive especially in the moments when maybe tears are coming down my eyes right mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. takes a lot of work and it it can be it can it can feel like a lot but how I get through that is through my routines that I've set up in my life to to help me. I have so many different routines, um, but I've set those routines up in my life because I know what my weaknesses are and it helps me to overcome that. A strength. What I would say is I can see opportunity in everything, everything. So one of the things that I, my clients know about me is that I'm an idea bank. So my clients will come to me like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'll quickly, well, here's what we're going to do with this. Right. (laughs) And it's like, not only is it an idea, it's a profitable idea because once they put it into place, they make money. Okay, and so that's a that's a strength of mine, my idea, my ability to see opportunity in everything, and my ability to create profitable ideas. And so for a long time, I thought that that was for me. I was the kind of person, as you probably can tell, that had all these different ideas and businesses that you would start: hair salon, bath and body company, all of these different things that I was doing, right? And so I always thought it was for me. And one day God was like, yeah, those ideas are not for you. Those are for your clients. Mm, okay. I'm giving you the, these ideas to impart to your clients. So when my clients come to me, they don't come to me just with my strength. They come to me with the gifting that I got from God to give to them. Those ideas that are profitable, those million dollar ideas, those six figure ideas that my clients are now using in their business. Those come from God straight to my head. And I thought it was for me, but it's not. It's for for my clients. If you are listening to this podcast and you're the kind of person that has a lot of ideas all the time, and you're like right now, like and you're overwhelmed with all the ideas, consider that maybe they're not for you. Okay. Consider that maybe they're for your clients, hmm. right, and for you to impart on the people who are surrounded around you. Okay. So yeah, that's, those are my strengths and my weaknesses.
0: All right, thanks for that. Uh, You're not alone. As far as mindset, right, that is one of been one of my struggles and. Now, I am a naturally happy person, but I agree with you like it it, it takes practice and it I want to say that I recently came across some information that said that our mind automatically goes to the negative, like that's mm. more natural the mm. negative than the positive, so those people that are yeah. just all the way positive, they're the anomaly like we're we're regular <laughs> yeah, I'm like <laughs> exactly. I don't know how y'all do that, but that's not me <laughs> exactly, right so, <laughs> but I love the the tip, right? That it's okay if that's the situation, but you don't have to stay there, right? right? It's always a way out and a way around if we seek that. So yeah. thanks for that. All right. So you talked about having many routines. Can you share about your morning routine or any other routine that you want to sure. let us know more about? Sure, I I want to see if I can remember everything,
1: but I have a morning routine. So I don't always follow it, but this for the most part when I do, it helps so much. So in the morning I get up, I pray. So I can just stay in bed and just close my eyes really quick and just kind of pray like, thank you Lord for the day. Thank you Lord for what's about to happen. All the amazing things you're about to do in life, in my life today, whatever, right? Once I get up and pray, usually my kids are ready, you know, my husband is is an early riser. So he's up with the kids in the morning. We have a little bit, our household is a little bit different than most people. So my husband is a morning person. I'm not. So he gets up and he goes to work early in the morning. So he gets the kids ready up for school and stuff like that. I'm the night person. I'm the homework person. I'm 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 the cook dinner person. I'm the everything nighttime person. Let's hang out tonight. You know, that's me. And a lot of people right now, you're probably judging. I know that because it's not normal in households. The mom is the one who's up early making the breakfast. And in the Caribbean household, it's the cream of wheat and bush tea right (laughs) uh so you know you know that's not that's not normal exactly but this is what's normal in our household right and so i get up and i'm praying and then i usually would journal and meditate so i use an app called headspace to do my meditation it's a guided meditation and i like it because i'm very careful about how i meditate and what i listen to when i meditate because when you're meditating you're opening up yourself Okay. Right. And so you're opening up your subconscious. And so I want to be careful about what I use as guided meditation. So I use Headspace because it's very neutral, very to the point, nothing extra that they're putting in there and slipping in there. Right. And so I use Headspace because of that. And so I meditate for about 10 minutes in the morning. And so after I meditate, I journal and I do future pacing. So what future pacing is, is I would journal my day as if it already happened. So. I'll say, wow, today was so awesome. Like I was able to do this today. I was able to do this today. I made this much money today. And I felt so amazing. You know, I'm super excited. Like I speak as if the date has already happened because that's a form of manifesting, right? You speak as if, you act as if. And so that's called future pacing. I like to journal like that. Or I like to ask myself questions that allow me to get into the space that I need to be. Because I always tell my clients step into her who mm-hmm. is the most powerful version of you, the person that you see seen your 10 year goal, we start to operate like her right now in my embrace and body and power method. Right. Yeah. And so what would she do today? You know, how would she feel? How would she respond to this situation? What could potentially hold her back from showing up as powerfully as she can? I ask, you know myself those questions and I identify it. For example, that question about what would possibly hold her back, you know, maybe she's on her period and she's in a bad mood. So, you know, if I'm writing that down, well what can you do to step into her while you're on your period? I know I got real deep, y'all. Mm, but okay. it's real. This is real life. I'm like raw. I hope that's okay. No, and look, and that's and that life is raw. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so I, I talk about that because we like to use that as an excuse, like, oh, because I'm on my cycle, I'm gonna be in a bad mood. I'm gonna be all mean to people. No. You can choose how you wanna decide an interface with the world no matter what you're going through in your life right and so what's what what can she do to show up as powerful as she can even though she's on her cycle mm. well she can be slow to speak and quick to listen mm. right that's so i journal as if when i ask myself those questions and so when i get into you know what i need to do for the day i'm ready so once i'm done with my prayer meditation and journaling i read a scripture sometimes and focus on that in my meditation then i do my skincare routine and my beauty routine. So every morning I do my skincare routine and I do my makeup every single day. And the reason for that is one, I work from home and when I wasn't doing my makeup and getting dressed, I was not productive because I was in home mode. I was in, I want to be in pajamas watching Netflix while I'm on my laptop mode and I need to step into her, right? When I teach my clients the most powerful version of you and what does she look like? She's her face is B. That's what she looks like. Yeah. How is she dressed? She dressed this way. That's what she does. And so for me, if I'm gonna get the clients that I want, and I do like I make 40k plus per month in my business consistently, right? My programs are ten thousand dollars, twenty-four thousand dollars, you know, my course is two thousand and change, right? I'm selling these things like clockwork because I'm always stepping into the most powerful version of me, which for me, we call it my clients and I they lovingly call it anchors we find our anchors for me, my anchor is my makeup. This connects me to the most powerful version of myself. When I do my makeup and I get dressed, I feel like her and Mm -hmm. I step into her so I can charge like her in my mind. A lot of people are not able to do that because they're not stepping into the most powerful version of themselves. And so for you, it may not be doing your makeup. It may not be doing your skincare routine. For you might be wearing, it might be having a Louis Vuitton bag hanging up behind you. I don't know, whatever your anchor is, whatever your thing is that you use, to ground you back into the place of, I'm the most powerful version of myself right now. Do that for me. It's my meditation, my journaling, my reading, my Bible and my prayer and then skincare. So skincare is like five to 10 minutes of time for myself. Mm. And so I'm, you know, do my skincare and I'm, I'm, I'm like focusing on me and I take my time with my skincare. I do my, my face wash and I do my toner. Then I do my serums. I use like about two to four serums, sometimes, depending on what's going on. Then I do my moisturizer and I roll my, my jade roller. And I, I just, I do this so intentionally. I'm like loving on myself in that moment as women, especially as mothers and wives, we don't stop to take care of ourselves. And so for me, that's an intentional moment to just focus on me only. And so after I do my skincare routine and after I do my, my, my face, then I do my makeup and I do my makeup as if I'm her. That's my morning routine. I it love takes that. At least an hour, sometimes longer, but it's my morning routine and it works because it allows me to show up as powerfully as I, I do every single day. I have other routines as well. I have my mental health routine. I do struggle with like, you know, depression and anxiety and insomnia, and all these different things. And so whenever I'm going through a tough time. Do my mental health routine, which is my nighttime routine. I make myself a tea, uh, uh my Tension Tamer tea by Celestial Seasons. Get into it, honey. It's a really good tea. If you have tension and stress, it calms you all the way down. It's really good. I boil my tea. I do a bath where I either do a bath or I do a shower where I use like aromatherapy. I light my candle. I dim the lights, take the lights on. It's just a candlelit shower or a bath. I put on my music and I just take my shower and I wash all that stuff away, right? For some reason, when you have a candlelit shower or a bath, like all the lights are off, it's not bright lights, you're able to just think, right? And you're able to just process whatever whatever is going on. And then I have affirmations. Like, for example, one of my affirmations that I use is called, it says, it's always working. Mm. It is always working. The work that you put in yesterday, it's always working. The work that you put in today, maybe you made a post that no one liked. It's always working. I've had people who reach out to me from a, a live view that I did that had like one person on it. And became a client from a video that had one like wow it's always working right so when things feel like it's too much i'm like it's always working mm-hmm. when it doesn't I feel like it's working it's always working So I I, I, I i i focus on that i then once i'm done with the shower i journal and i get everything off my chest out why am i feeling the way i feel what triggered this so i'm aware because we are so we go through life on autopilot we are never aware of what's what's triggering certain things sometimes you might be like why am i sad today and you probably are sad because you watched something on tv that triggered triggered a traumatic experience that you experienced years ago mm. and so now you're going through the day all depressed and not knowing why mm-hmm. i like to know why whatever is happening in my life is happening okay and so i i'm like what did i watch today who did i speak to today and then i'm able to pinpoint what triggered it so that moving forward when i i, I can identify when something's about to trigger me i can say hey I know you're about to talk about this thing, but I, I'm triggered by this. So, or whatever. So it may not be someone, it might be a TV show. I might say, okay, nope, not watching that. Mm. Give you an example. This is very simple and very silly, but Handmaid's Tale. For a long time, I refused to watch season two of Handmaid's Tale because season one triggered me. I've experienced some sexual trauma in my life. And season one triggered me. And so I knew I was in the middle of launches. and I was in the middle of getting clients and all these different things. I was in the middle of a level up and I did not want to be triggered. Mm. And So I waited until after I got those clients, after I did all this stuff to go binge watch season two. And sure enough, I sure was triggered for about two days.
0: Wow. I love. Right.
1: That. But yeah. I knew that based on my journaling, I knew that the last time I watched that, that an episode, I was triggered for like three days. I didn't know what was going on. Mm. But I watch *Handmaid's Tale*, right? So, it's a good show, y'all. I'm not bashing the show. I'm just saying, know what your triggers are,
2: mm-hmm. okay?
1: And so, once I do that journaling and I pray and I let it all go, sometimes I would write on a paper or whatever is bothering me or whatever is going on. And I throw it away. That act of throwing it away is like very, you know, it's 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 symbolic and it it, it locks into your mind. And then I pray and I let it go and I go to sleep. I have these things in place because I know myself and it's taken me a long time to be very Mm self-aware. And the more self-aware you become, the more you're able to pinpoint and troubleshoot issues in your life quicker.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You touched on so many gems, right? Cause I I definitely agree self-awareness and like you said, people don't take time. Like some people die without knowing themselves. Right. And as I was listening to you, it sounds like, to me, like, instead of living in a reactive state, you're living in a proactive state, right? Yeah. Which is excellent. Like, whoever is the judge, shame on them, right? Because life is what life is, and we yeah. all have to figure out what works for us and what doesn't, right? Yeah. And I love how you said, like, your husband does the stuff in the morning, you do the stuff at night, right? It's a partnership, and we're doing it equal. 50. yeah, exactly. And what works for you and what works for you may not work for uh, the next person or the next person, but that doesn't matter. Like we need to stop looking into other people's windows and thinking that they need to do things the way we do them, yeah. and vice versa, because yeah. it's all about what works for us.
1: Exactly. My husband is the one who actually suggested that. Um, for a long time, I was struggling because I'm not a morning person, and if you ever, if you ever do a sleep test. I recommend that you do one it lets you know like when your are your natural sleep cycle is and when's the best time to work and all that stuff based on your sleep cycle and when you're the most productive And mm. i remember i would i would miss appointments in the morning with like sales calls or discovery calls Like would be like it was it was a mess and once my husband was like why don't you just sleep in and just let me handle stuff in the morning because i would be miserable i'll be like like so fussy, miserable in the morning, just like, oh, like I, it was a mess. And he was like, let me just do, do this in the morning. Okay. Let's try it and see what happens. And let me tell you, it was so smooth. Nice. It was like, this is exactly, exactly what we needed to do. And he was like, yeah, we're doing this. Nope. I'm doing the morning stuff. And it's like, no, I wasn't efficient. I just was grumpy and I'm not a grumpy person. I'm naturally like, I crack jokes. I'm silly. I'm quirky. I'm weird. Right. Like, um, my family, we're always on jokes time, always, right? And so in the mornings, I was just, like, grouchy, just, like, short with everyone, and getting stuff done. Like, okay, let's, you know, like, I was just not, and I was groggy and slow. Like, it was, it was bad. And so when he suggested that, I was like, you know what? I can't do this because my mom is going to judge me. My mom's mm. going to be like, you're not a good mom and a good wife. A good wife is supposed to be doing this. And so I really, my husband was like, I'm releasing you from that because we are married, not you and your mom. Yes. And mm. so from since then, it's been this way and it works for our household. Like we are a well oiled machine here, you know, mm. so.
0: I love right. it, it's, it's love awesome. it. awesome. Yes, figure out what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened
2: to. I know you said you like to read a lot.
1: So you said the last book, not the last business book. So I'm going to be honest because I know as a business coach and as you know, we all like to talk about business books, but I'm a fantasy novel nerd. okay? Okay. I read fantasy novels and actually the book I'm reading right now. What is the book? I listen to audiobooks by the way. That's how I'm able to read like a book a day. Oh, wow. Nice. I read a lot of books um, in the fantasy world. My friends, because my friend, I have a lot of fantasy novel author friends. Um, and they're like, how do you read so many books? Audiobooks, audible.com. So, this is the last book I read. It's called, it's called I'm reading it right now. It's called Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass House of Earth and Blood. <laughs> That's literally what I'm reading right now. Um, I read it already and I'm rereading it again because it was so good book one in a a three book series. And I like to read fantasy novels because the way that my mind works is my mind is always going, always on work, all day, every day. So even though I work from one to five every day now, um, my brain never stops working. Mm. And so for me, listening to a novel takes my mind off of work and puts it into something fun. So when I'm washing dishes or cooking dinner for the kids or cleaning the house or whatever I'm doing, I'm listening to a fantasy novel and it's just like fun, something that's not work. And let me tell you, a lot of you guys who are like all wrapped up in work, you get some of the most creative ideas, some of the most original ideas where you're not having to copy other people when you listen to things or do things outside of work, right? So yes, I like you know business books and I read business books and I'm launching a business book, I believe in that. I do read those, but I also believe in doing things outside of work, whatever that thing is for you. For me, it's books I love books, whatever that thing is so that you can get creative ideas and be refreshed when you come back to your business.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I appreciate your spin or just your, what you do, right? Because although this podcast, you know, entrepreneurship leadership, It's about how you live your life. And that's a great tip is that, you know, a life can't always be all work and no play. And I like the fact that you even noted that you can get some of the best ideas or inspiration for work from play. So to me, even though it wasn't business related, it still ties in. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. All right. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you
2: changed as a result.
1: An aha moment is that. So it's interesting. I remember struggling to sell my programs at five hundred dollars. I remember when I had my my offer at five hundred or even fifteen hundred. It was like pulling teeth to get people to say yes to my programs. Now that my programs are ten thousand dollars, twenty four thousand dollars, I mean, like my I have clients coming in like crazy. Wow. That was an aha moment that I had. Number one. My positioning. Mm. When you come from a place of stepping into the most power, and it's not even about your price, because I have raised my price one time and I wasn't getting clients. It's about your positioning. It's about your power. And that's why the triple E, embrace, embody, empower is that aha moment for me. That's the Mm. thing I was living by, even when I was on the streets all the way to now to get me to where I am today. So I'm gonna break down what that down, what break down what that is right now, really quickly for you guys. It's embrace, which is embracing the most powerful version of you. So what do I mean by that? When you think about your 10-year goal, I want you to place yourself in that 10-year goal. So let's say your 10-year goal is that in 10 years, I'm going to be making a million dollars, whatever it is. Now, put yourself in that position. Like, okay, you're making a million dollars, right? Okay, great. What are you wearing? How are you speaking? Who are your friends? Who are you in a relationship with? What car are you driving? All of that stuff. So you want to embrace it and admit, this is what I want. Let me tell you, it's easier said than done because for a long time, I was a chick who loves to shop on the clearance rack, who loves Sally and Clarence, okay? I love me some Sally and some Clarence, all right? I, I was a sale and clearance rack girl, right? I was the girl who was like, I will never buy Louis Vuitton or Chanel. No, that's I don't wanna do that, right? I was the person who was anti-labels because I didn't wanna be bougie. I don't want people to feel like I was I was stuck up or whatever, right? And it took, you know, the reason why I was so against it is because I really wanted it. (laughs) I really and truly wanted it. But I was scared to admit it because if I admitted it, then I would have to admit that I actually want this and I'm not in a position to afford it right now. I didn't want to be depressed by that. And Mm. so instead of going through that, we just say, no, that's not what I want. People who do that are wrong. We go through all that stuff, right? Right. But when you admit to yourself what you really want, there's a freedom in that thing. Mm. There's a there's a freedom and a liberation that comes from honestly admitting what you really want from life. You know what I really want? I want a man who's gonna take care of me. I don't want to take. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that's what you want. I was giving examples. Some women want that, but they wanna they wanna act like I wanna be the breadwinner. I'm okay with being an independent woman. you, you you're not. <laughs> who want to take care of you just be honest and say that right okay <laughs> but so, so so that's an example of embracing it like you know what this is what i really want i want to be making six figures a month i want to be driving a tesla i want to be rocking locks or i want to have like hair down my back you know i want to have a housekeeper this is what i want fine i'm admitting it this is what i want you admit it so this is always fun with my clients, because when they get to admit what they want, they're always like shocked, like, wow, I really just admitted that. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Now the work begins, because now that you know what you want, now you can start embodying her, hmm. right? And so again, this is the aha moment. When you know what you want, you can embody her. If you don't know what you want, or if you're running from what you want, you can not embody that person. Hmm. And people wait until they get in that 10-year goal to start living that life. No, you start living as if right now, right? Before I was able to afford my coach's program, I invested in her program because that's what she would do. That's what my the girl in my 10-year goal, that's what she does. She invests in, in $10,000 programs just like that. And so if I'm living her, I started investing as her and making the money back because when you start creating that space of trust, There's a law of attraction, right? It's an actual law of attraction. When you start creating the container of, this is my real life, the universe and God, God and the universe, because God created the universe, let's not get it twisted, has no choice but to make it happen. Because you're already speaking it out there. You're already living as if. But if you don't know what you want, how can you embody it? Mm. So once we embrace it, then we embody it. We start living as if we start dressing like her, speaking like her, acting like her, having getting around people like she would, getting into relationships like she would, start carrying ourselves like she would, right? Because that's what we see. Mm-hmm. For me, for a long time, Olivia Pope was her for me. Okay. I love me some Olivia Pope, minus the Fitz stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no judgment know it. right stuff right <laughs> but like how she walked how she dressed how she spoke to her team how her team responded to her the fact that she had a team that was loyal to her that was like my her mm. right that was she when i saw myself it was like that having visual cues allows you to know how to kind of like live and embody that so i started buying clothes like olivia pope so like my closet for a long time was like all white all blush pink, all nudes, right? The pumps. You know how Olivia Pope walks with her handbag in her hand like, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? So I would start doing that. And it seems like very silly at first. It's like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm imitating random people. You're not. Because when you get there, you're going to start acting like that. I see it all the time. I see friends they are like acting normal with me. And then when they get in a certain place, they're like, yeah. All of a sudden why not be her all the time
2: Mm. Then
1: that's fake Mm. right so start being that person now then when you embrace and embody now you can start empower others to saying yes to you Mm. that's where the money comes in you're not begging people for money you don't come off as desperate you come off as i'm valuable here's what i do you take it or leave it
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, like that's it. more
1: powerful than trying to convince someone to buy your thing, right? People are now empowered. Like, oh my God, how can I work with you? How can I stand up with you? How does this work? When you show up as her to invest in your program, to invite you to different places, to invite you to different things. I have a congressional award from the honor from a congresswoman. A congressional mm-hmm. award, it's right up here. It's for our Sunday community service. From a congresswoman because I show up as her every single day. I've had lunch with the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands, the former governor Mm -hmm. of the U.S. Virgin Islands. When you show up like that, you're invited to different tables. But if you're still operating in this place of I don't know if I'm worthy, am I good enough, then people aren't empowered to say yes to you. Yes could be in the form of paying you, inviting you, being around you, whatever it is, relationships. Whatever it is, those things are not going to be attracted and drawn to you unless you create the space for it, which happens when you start embodying that person that you want to be. That's my aha moment. I realized that. When I realized that, I created that method because that's what I was doing anyway. And Mm -hmm. my clients have been living my. I've been living my, and it works like crazy.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. It's so funny you say that. I was on a art of negotiations class last night, right? And they talked about how. The same situation looked at two different ways, yielded two totally different results. You know, whereby they told this guy, like, you know, your product is subpar. The person is an excellent negotiator. They're going to only pay the bottom price, right? Then they told um, another person, your product is superior. You can negotiate way better than this person. And the person bought the product at the top price, right? So it's like you said, all about that mindset. It's the same thing yeah i like that i like that well that is a great aha moment thanks for sharing it with thank us you. and your program definitely sounds amazing so you know
1: <laughs> thank you for those it is it's, it's, it's awesome i'm yeah. so proud of it and i love the fact that it gets like real results and it gets results like really quickly love That's
0: it good yes all right so do you have any advice that you would like to give to an up-and-coming entrepreneur?
1: So when I first started out, I thought that I had to charge lower initially. A lot of you, if you're going into business, you already are good at what you do. You already have an expertise in something, and you've waited a long time to go ahead and launch that business. Mm -hmm. You probably have experience coming from the job, from the workplace, from the different jobs that you have, right? You have that experience on the back end and you've been waiting for a long time and procrastinating on launching your business. So more than likely, if I'm speaking to you, you know what I'm talking about. You're coming with that fire. You know what you're doing. And so a lot of times we want to charge lower because we feel like let's get our foot in the door.
2: No. Mm -hmm.
1: Charge what you, your result, what, what charge based on the transformation,
2: Mm.
1: not based on your, how long you've been in business, based on the transformations you bring. Now, what I do recommend, if you don't have any kind of results, go get results before you start charging, though. Okay. Then you can go ahead and start charging based on the transformation. So if you work with someone or two people or three people before you launch your business and you help them get results in a short amount of time, you charge based on the results. And there's a formula to that that, of course, I walk my clients through, but charge based on results. Don't just go, well, because I'm new, I'm going to charge $500 when your thing is worth Mm $5,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pricing lets people know how you feel or how confident you are in your ability to get results. Keep that in mind.
0: Okay, great advice. All right, so do you have a favorite quote? And if so, can you share it with us?
1: I think I, that was one of the affirmations I mentioned earlier, and my coach is who says it to us all the time, and is that it's always working. It's always working. It's yeah. always working. When it doesn't feel like it's working, it's always working.
0: All right. One more question before we go into what I consider to be the fun part. Do you have a recommended resource that you'd like to tell the listeners about and go into a little bit about how you use it? This book that I read when I was struggling with my mindset.
1: I know a lot of people know about this book, but it's a good book if you are especially starting out or if you are struggling with raising your prices. Like you're, You've been in business for a while and you're like, I want to raise my prices up. I want to level up. I want to get corporate contracts or whatever it is. And this is this book called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. It's one of the most popular business books out there. And it is for a reason. It's because she talks about mindset stuff. It's like mm-hmm. basic mindset stuff. But that book, I remember reading that book. And the next day I raised my prices
2: mm-hmm.
1: like to $1,500, right? It was like 500 and I went straight to 1500 and they said yes. And so it's a really good book to read if you are struggling with mindset, if you are stuck in this cycle of, I can't get out of this thing of what I should be doing in my business versus what I want to be doing in my business. I recommend reading that book from beginning to end, you know, in a
0: way that's intentional in terms of your business. All right. So can you tell us about your last vacation your favorite vacation and whenever we're able to travel again what's your next vacation (laughs) last vacation is so weird
1: because i haven't had like a vacation vacation in a long time okay i had the last vacation i had so i travel for work a lot california miami you know different places atlanta like all these different places for work for different speaking engagements or whatever. And I kind of mix it as like the first part of whatever I'm doing is for business and then I stay a couple of days for like my vacation. That's only right. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So that's like what I typically do. But I had a staycation recently right here on Island. It was, you know, in the middle of this whole pandemic thing and I was in this at home and I was not feeling like high vibe and I was like, this ain't it, I need a minute. So, I got like a cute Airbnb. It was gorgeous. Had like a jacuzzi. It was really nice. And I just stayed there and I just, in quiet, just focused on me, focused on my business as well, but just had some time to just recoup. Let me tell you the power of a staycation. You might not be able to afford going on a trip, a huge elaborate trip right now. We'll get you a luxury place. You don't gotta pay for the airfare, you don't gotta pay for all the travel. Just go get you a luxury place, a luxury hotel, a luxury villa, a mansion, whatever you want to do and just stay there and be intentional about your time there. It it works. Mm. Um, and so that's, 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 that's what I would recommend for you guys. If you guys are like, Oh, I want to get in a place. But as I got in there, I all it down. I sprayed my ozone in there, which is an air um, sanitizer. I w- wiped everything down with, with Clorox wipes. And then I just kind of just chilled. Right. And I was also supposed to be going to Mexico before this whole ban on, on um, you know, quarantine thing happened. I was supposed to be in Mexico at the beginning of April. And so I was sad and devastated by that for sure. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a celebration of experiencing a 100K quarter, last cool. quarter that just passed. I want to go there for sure. I've been wanting to go to Bora Bora. I want to go to Thailand for sure. Like I really want to go there. It looks so pretty and gorgeous. And then also I want to visit my friend. She's in Tanzania. She lives in Tanzania, Africa. She's from there as well. And so it's gorgeous there. And I want to go visit her there as well. So I'm looking
0: forward to all those different things with family or even by myself for some of them. Nice, nice. And where is the, your favorite vacation that you've been to thus far?
1: Favorite vacation? I think my favorite one was in Miami. Okay. Um, we stayed there, we hung out, we got a lot of rest. I went, you know what it was? It was the shopping in the Virgin islands. <laughs> <laughs> in the Virgin islands, we don't have like Forever 21 bath and body works. We don't have home goods on target here in the U S Virgin islands. And so we went there and I shopped so much so that we had to mail boxes back home.
0: Wow. Yes awesome i love it i love it well thanks for sharing that all right so before i let you go do you want to tell the listeners about any offers where they can find you again so that they can reach out to you my
1: challenge is called the corporate makeover challenge and it's a five-day challenge where we take your offer we make it over into an offer that attracts high quality clients high-end clients as well as corporate offer or corporate clients. I will have some of the classes on the back end. So if you guys are interested in that, I will leave a link for you guys to have access to that. And also you can book a complimentary strategy session with me. So I offer strategy sessions and here's what they look like. On my calls, we get on the call, we look at your business. We see what your goals are, what you want to have happen in your business, what kind of clients you want to be attracting and what's going on in your business currently then I figure out what's causing you to not be where you want to be. I give you a strategy, which is a framework that you can actually put into play whether or not we decide to work with each other. Remember I told you in the beginning, if you're mm-hmm. not a good fit for me, you at least walk away with a strategy, right? And so, but if you are, I, I ask you, do you need support or do you think you would need support on this strategy? And then of course i will an offer, but if you're not a good fit or if we just don't work together well, you still walk away with a strategy that you can use. And if you do, then you'll be a client of mine. That's how it works. Right. And so those are complimentary calls. I'll, of course, you'll have access to the link to that. You can book that call. Uh, spaces are limited. I don't do a lot of those calls all the time, but if you are able to get a call, then go ahead and jump on that because they're very valuable.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Gabrielle. We appreciate all of your insight, your transparency, and for you joining us today here on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. Thank you so much, Nicole, for inviting me. It's been awesome. This has actually been really
1: fun. So thank you for having me. You're
0: welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.